Welcome to The Spaces Between Us. I'm your host, Dennis, and it's great to have you here with me today. Spaces Between Us is a podcast that explores the relationships that we have with each other through the lens of our yoga and meditation practice in Northern Ireland and now with the onset of COVID-19 beyond as we connect more deeply with our teachers and our communities through uh, technology. My guest today is Grace Tempany. Grace is a yoga teacher, yin yoga teacher, yin yoga teacher trainer and a secondary school educator who is from Dublin. So Grace and I have been friends and following each other online for quite some time and I know that she has been coming uh, up to Northern Ireland to deliver yin yoga teacher trainings for quite some time and it was wonderful to finally connect with her in real life and uh, to experience her her teachings in a workshop and uh, and more become good friends with her and to sit down and geek out about <laughs> yin yoga uh, grace has uh done several trainings with some of the most well-known uh, yin yoga teachers of our time that include uh, Sarah Powers, uh, Bernie Clark, as well as other trainings with Josh Summers and myofascial trainings with Rachel Land uh, that also complement her original teacher training of Bikram Yoga. Uh, so on today's episode we Uh, We discuss what yin yoga is, what the biggest misconceptions can be about the practice, and how the practice can uh, help to shift our perspective off the mat, and how it can allow us to look at things with more discernment. We discuss anatomy and teaching skills our responsibilities as a yoga teacher uh, for holding space and for how we put the practice across and for how we hold space to allow students to look at their shadows. So moving away from the positivity-obsessed worlds of uh, Instagram and the... uh, yoga is all about having fun and feeling amazing into using your yin yoga practice to magnify things that you would like to change or things that you would like to approach differently Um, and as as grace said uh, in this episode uh, it really helps you to look within and when you look very deeply within uh, the roots go down very very deep and you need to be able to to deal with it to deal with anything that comes up in the practice um, and allow the practice to uh, wholeheartedly move through you so i hope you enjoy listening to today's episode as much as i did recording it Welcome to the show. Cheers. Thanks a million, Dennis. Lovely to be here. Yes. Oh, it's great to have you. Thank you. Um, and just after you've taught 
Your first workshop? My first workshop. At Flow? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, my first workshop in Belfast. Yeah, my first kind of two-hour workshop up here. Right, okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, fantastic. It was it was beautiful. Full house, but um, yeah. 50 youngsters? <laughs> I got 50 youngsters, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I'm always, it never ceases to amaze me just how how um, how effective it is just even with a big group of, of people that largely, I mean, I knew some of them, mm-hmm. but, um, but most of them I didn't. And right, okay, um, just the, the potential to just kind of uh, deliver a practice in, in a simple way for them to kind of go away and grasp something so quickly it's 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 efficient so like about yin you know yes. it just kind of it goes straight to the point uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> you know no fluffing around the edges but um yeah yeah because great. you don't have to um you don't have to build things in a certain way like a vinyasa no. style class or no. um yes they're in te- your classes are intelligently sequenced you yeah. know of course but you don't need to have all of these layers no and that's that's one of the great things i think about the practice and one of about one of the great things about training teachers to to pair back you know because mm-hmm. when they're used to uh to vinyasa or even hatha when they're used to this uh sitting down kind of to to prepare classes for the weekend spending an awful lot of time and and having your peak poses and making sure you you know you have your strengthening and then you go onto the floor and there's a certain uh, there's certain rules I guess with vinyasa you know whereas with yin there there really aren't any you know I mean there there are some poses that that, that follow others better than others but in terms of kind of a blanket you can't do this pose and then follow it with that no you know and um, so that simplicity in, do, in terms of planning is is I think quite reassuring for people when they come to teach it you know it takes it takes pressure off yeah you know yeah mm. um well, in terms of teaching, yeah. teaching yin, and even practicing yin, there's definitely mis- a lot of misconceptions there about yin yeah. that I thought maybe we could chat about dissect. and discuss and dissect, <laughs> yeah. and, um, because I'm sure you've heard heard them all. I probably have at this stage, <laughs> yeah, I think I have heard, even though, you know, I, I yeah, uh, I'm sure there are new ones all the time, but there's, yeah, there's certainly a few big ones, I guess, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So what, what would what, what would be one that comes to your mind would be... Misconceptions about Yin? Yeah. So um, things like um, restorative uses props, Yin doesn't, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Or... Um, restorative and yin are the same yes (laughs) or um yin yoga is just a slow form of yoga therefore it slow hatha can be yin yeah now slow hatha is yin in comparison to ashtanga yes but as to what is yin yoga um there's a there's a certain i guess a few there's a code, I guess. There's yeah. a, there's a there's, there's a, a list of criteria. There's yeah. a bit of a framework. Like I mean, it's not written in stone. It's not black and white. But it's yeah. but there are yeah there are there are certain guidelines. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there there is a lot. Um, there are a lot of yin classes with yin on the you know yin in the name, but um, but yin is not in the practice that is being shared. So there you go. That that it 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 creates a little bit of confusion. Um, but I guess it might still get people introduced to a slower practice. And that for me is still a great thing, right? So even if people come um, to a restorative class and it, it actually is quite strong and ends up being yin, or if they come to a yin class and it ends up being very restorative, as far as I'm concerned, they're still entering into a stillness practice. And that's a great thing because really 
that's what yin is really offering us it's it's a it's a practice in stillness you know mm-hmm. it's 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 a place where you can actually um become better at being still which is i think extremely challenging for for an awful lot of us so in that respect you know maybe if one leads to the other it, it doesn't it's not so much of a big deal yeah. i guess it's just more i mean it becomes an issue i guess when um with teacher trainings that that's when it can be a little bit tricky mm-hmm. when you have people offering yin yoga teacher trainings and um, that are vastly different that's yeah that leads to a maybe a little bit of um yeah that that blurs the lines a bit mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah so would you be able to easily define yin yoga or is it something broader um I mean, the, it depends who you ask. I mean, I, yeah. so yin, yin for me is very easily defined. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean yin, but I, I'm coming, I, I suppose, pretty much from the, the kind of three tenets of yin. You know, you come into a pose to an appropriate depth. Mm-hmm. You, um, you aspire to be still, and you hold the pose for a certain amount of time. Of time yeah. Okay. Now that certain amount of time. It is not dictated right so you can be you can be flexible within that and mm-hmm. um, the stillness whether it's of body of mind of breath you, you start with the body and, and and work with that and then the appropriate depth is is the key part i i, I suppose that, that that everybody has has to find that and mm-hmm. that can take longer than one class it can take longer than a few months actually of practice to kind of figure out what's what's a good amount of depth that i'm not going too strong because it's a it's a common thing to see people you know really push that edge to to a, a place that that that's too far and then it, then it turns the practice into a very yang kind of practice yeah um but then after that you know I, i'd probably i'd add in rebound and um target areas coming kind of more from the from the paul Grilly lineage but but that they're not considered necessary you know yes. by by everybody so so that's where that's where it's a little bit hard harder mm-hmm. to kind of define um for me i've, I've started kind of nearly calling it a, a, an, an awareness an awareness enhancement stillness practice okay so take yoga out of it for a second it's what it is is a practice that's designed to enhance um the practitioner's awareness of 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 everything but starting with sensations in the body Mm -hmm. and then and then whether it's emotional whether it's working up into the mind it's all very somatic it's all it's all letting the student um tap into um that ability to feel and to understand the response of the mind to that so that there's a there's so many layers like there's so many layers there are so many layers uh in the practice and I like what you said about sensation mm. and so many people are getting into asking themselves or asking their students what do you feel in your body yeah. right here and right now and then what is your appropriate response mm. and in terms of misconceptions about yin yoga I know one of one of the big ones that I have encountered before mm. is that yin is a gentle practice or yeah. yin because it's slow yeah. or um, yin is great for beginners because, yeah. because it's quite still and it's yeah. and it's like one of the biggest tenets of, of mm. yin is it's a it's a targeted yeah. practice yeah where you measure sensation yes and then you and you're in it for the period of time and then moving into stillness yeah um and 
even within the yin poses and mm. in the yin practice, there can be lots of yang activity oh, yeah. in those targeted areas. Yeah. And that's kind of mind-blowing for some people. Yeah. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. And I mean, I think you can you can practice with gentleness towards yourself, but still be at a place of strong discomfort. You see, this is the thing about, um, I, I mean, yin can be a practice where you, where you are gentle, but not with the sensation. And this is where, you know, this is why there's so many contradictions with it. I mean, mm -hmm. if, if you practice yin and you're kind of really gentle about what you feel, you're going into restorative territory, right? Yes. Which is a, another beautiful practice. Mm -hmm. But they're not the same. No. So, so if we're keeping restorative in the restorative category, then yin is, is strong sensation. Mm -hmm. And so you can still be gentle while experiencing strong sensation. This is the thing that doesn't have to be a sense that because you're you're feeling something really strong in the, in the hip flexor that you kind of have to go into a very strong demeanor and kind of fight it. It's all about kind of then tapping into tapping into the ability to just kind of soften. Mm -hmm. Can you soften when it's a strong sensation? Mm -hmm. Because that's where you understand more as a practitioner the role that you always have to play with your practice that you don't have to choose to go all the time hard that yin can actually teach you where softness can sometimes be more challenging actually that place where where it's really uncomfortable but where there's just a glimmer that you might just come to a much greater knowledge about yourself in the process because that's the gift exactly and when you're faced with adversity yes when you're off the mat yes you can have a choice whether in your reaction so yes. am i going to go in am i going to hit it hard absolutely am i going to react really mm. hard and really mm. quickly and mm. fiery and aggressively mm. and uh or can i soften mm. my reaction can i soften yeah. my approach yeah can i soften even how how i look at something yeah um you shift the perspective and slightly. you shift the perspective yeah. from that yang sort of one tunnel focus yeah and to hold on a second here yeah you know absolutely yeah that, yeah. that, that i think it actually allows for a much greater i use that word discernment in class a lot like discern between what's actually what's actually really going on here like like see things with greater clarity that's the thing about you know we we think we see things clearly but we cannot see things clearly from a place of movement like when we're moving things are always blurry and if you want to take a picture what do you do you stop and you become still because the only way to see to capture something clearly is if you are still so it's the same it's the same thing with us like when it, it's really not possible to accurately perceive reality and 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 what's actually happening in front of us if if we're kind of moving if the a if the mind is crazy moving but also if the body's moving so coming to that place of stillness in the body and the breath and then practicing to come into it in the mind it's to allow you to see things with greater clarity because when you see things with greater clarity you don't react mm -hmm. you are more able to respond you can do the whole victor frankel thing where you are finding the space between stimulus and response and you can rest there for a while and that's powerful like i mean when, when you have the ability to 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 find the moment in between the trigger and the kind of impulsive kind of reaction to it that's the space of freedom that's what he said i'm paraphrasing him now but but that's in your practice also the space of freedom yeah right yeah. you know when you realize oh i don't have to react actually i can choose to respond and i mean that's one of the greatest gifts that we can learn in this yoga practice i mean far greater than you know getting greater strength or greater, greater flexibility and mobility which are all very very important but like you know i i guess i'm much more interested in how can i 
how can I learn how to respond more to life instead of reacting habitually? Like yeah. that's when it's like next level. And that's for me, and I know for you and for mm. others, that's an advanced yoga practice. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> that's the most advanced yoga <laughs> practice, I think. That that, yeah, 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 yeah. It's certainly, yeah, yeah. And I, that's, the, that's the thing, like, you know, yin, is it good for beginners? Is it, is, it, is it an advanced practice? It's an advanced practice that I think can be adapted to beginners skillfully. Like, mm-hmm. it's not a blanket kind of thing um, that you're going to advise to everybody. Mm-hmm. But yin is very effective to get people feeling. And um, so for that reason, you know, beginners can actually, it, it's, it's useful for them. Now, not maybe on its own, but it's useful to have some yin um, when you start off yoga because if it's all just movement all the time, you're not getting a chance to just step into that space um, of nothingness, mm-hmm. which is full of potential and terrifying in equal measure. So can you, can you manage it? Can you, can you navigate it? Because mm-hmm. if that's life, you know, that's what's what we all do off the mat. And um, it's certainly how, how Yin has helped me in my own life, because really, and we've got to be able to take it off the mat and into the world and into our lives. You mm-hmm. know, it's no, there's no point having everything amazing on the mat if your life looks like, um, you know, if, 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 if your life doesn't also represent that as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, So in terms of, I think one of the key parts that I have noticed about yin, and we we keep coming back to it, is the sensation. And it's that sensation is measured on a level. Um, Some teachers say not to 10. Some teachers uh, say, I saw this printed somewhere, um, and it was called the Goldilocks zone. Goldilocks, yeah, yeah. And I'd never heard of the Goldilocks zone before. But I know we share a similar teacher in Josh Summers. yeah, yeah. I've only trained with Josh. Yeah. Um, but you've trained with Bernie Clark. Yeah, and, and uh, Sarah Powers. Sarah Powers. Yeah, and most most of my training is done with um, a woman called Misan Sidbo, who is an assistant to Paul Grilly. So I'd say the vast majority of my training, like four hundred hours of it, is 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 very much in in Paul Grilly lineage. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then I did train with Sarah and with Bernie, and I did a mindfulness module with, oh, with, you did with the Josh. Mindfulness yeah. With Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done the, the um, mindfulness and back. the foundations. And the foundations yeah, one, yes, so. yeah. Um, and I mean, I think um, the Goldilocks is is open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. And I think the seven was something that I kind of came about. I mean, certainly my teacher would have used seven, and it's what I use. Yeah, I would but use I would be quite clear, yeah, yeah, I'd be quite clear that for me, 10 is not pain. 10 is simply a level of discomfort at which you cannot be still. Mm-hmm. And it's a level of discomfort where the breath is so profoundly affected that that it's clear you've gone beyond your edge. So if you if you if you kind of dial it back from ten, seven is that place where you where you're like yeah, there, where I, I kind of call it a comfortable amount of discomfort. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 manageable. You're very aware of it, but your breath is not affected. Yes, and the breath. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, there's a there's a sense that that um, you can kind of observe it and that it's not controlling you so that's an important nuance now whether you you know i i've been to classes where people have said three i've been people have said four Uh, for me three because i use seven three to four is kind of very mild sensation like a like a like you know comfortable very comfortable Mm -hmm. so 
that's but that's look it's so open i know that i've when i've run trainings before people have um, spoken to me especially if they've got a fitness and um, background they'll say that um they have a different scale where 10 is pain you know okay, there, yeah. there, there's a different scale from one to ten that I don't, I don't know the name of it but um but yeah so ten is pain so so you have to clarify that i guess yeah um, with, with people all the time um yeah and you I mean you'll always find the students who hear seven and they're like well i i'm well able to do 10 <laughs> i'm going to go to 10 yeah. i've been practicing yoga for a long time and um, and like equally you know you'll have you'll have those who are um happier just you know i'm I'm, I'm, I'm okay with a three or a four. You know, I don't need to go to a seven. So there's just, you know, your own personality will come into play as well and where you might be avoiding sensation or where you might be really chasing it. So like, you, you know, we don't want to become sensation chasers either yeah yeah yeah, absolutely you know it's not about that it's just it's it's like if it's it's not like if it's not if it's not a seven oh why should i bother absolutely yeah Yeah. and i mean you do this is the thing and this is what you know there's a constant um negotiation with this because a seven in dragon or a seven in saddle is full on Mm. a seven in bananasana or a seven in a twist for me certainly isn't the same yeah. um and so i you know the, the seven changes there are different shades of seven mm-hmm. right that's kind of that's kind of where I, you kind of have to be yeah you have to be vague enough with that mm-hmm. but always just let the let the ability to feel be your guide that you're doing it as bernie would say if you're feeling yeah. it you're doing it i love that you when know? he says that yeah if when, and i said that in class um last week mm. and you could see a few faces going oh, right yeah right I have because to, yeah people can be so disconnected from their bodies yeah or if they're trying yin as a new practice and they're they say to themselves am i doing this right because there's no there's no one alignment. There's no. there's there's bone variation. There's yeah, all these so things. Can, and yeah. when people don't have those parameters to work with, yeah. then they can go, am I doing this right? Oh, totally. And then with that quotation from Bernie, if yeah. you're feeling that you're doing it, yeah. then that can be illuminating for them. And they're yeah. like, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it can be absolutely illuminating. And then for others, it can be like, fucking annoying and they're like well i you know tell me tell you know me tell me am i doing it right and i'm yeah. like are you feel, are you feeling it in your right butt cheek yeah well then you're doing it and the puzzled look you know the kind of like what do you mean it's that easy i don't have to put my foot somewhere and do this and you know there, there is the initial like no there's got to be more uh-huh. you're, 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 there's something you're not telling me <laughs> you, know, you don't think i'm able for it so it's it, 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 there is a, a there's a baffledness that you know um it, it could just be that simple if you're feeling it it's okay that means you're absolutely doing it you know mm-hmm. and also just kind of the, the the ability to just close your eyes and kind of see if you can just not not look and that takes practice like i mean you just you're up there the, you know when you have a a big group especially everybody is so concerned with with how those look around them so they can kind of do it the right way it's an earnestness like it comes from such a a, a desire to kind of to do well and to do right mm-hmm. and so when 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 you come to yin and it's like as long as you're feeling it you're absolutely in the right place it's liberating but like i say liberating and terrifying go hand in hand it's like well you need to give me some framework here you need to give me some rules because yeah. we we actually we need them as, as humans we really crave that from a comfort perspective from a yeah from a support so sometimes yeah having things very wide open like that um yeah it um it it, it can be overwhelming but um yeah it's a powerful place to work in yeah 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 i think if you look at the qualities of yin in nature mm. 
that can uh, guide people to um, how they approach the practice of yin. So, the I love the the that word surrender. Yeah. Uh, yielding. Yielding. Yeah. Softening, like Softening. you said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Acceptance. Melting. Melting. Ac- acceptance. Yeah. Um, yeah, the non-effort also. The, no, the, non-effort, the, non, the non-striving. And even though, yeah. and there, even though there's targeted areas, mm. you're you're like, okay, I'm getting into the performance, I'm getting into the butt cheek, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Encased in that is yeah. you are approaching the practice with compassion for yourself, Correct. with softness, with yielding, yeah. Yeah. rather than you can't go and try to, I'm going to do, do, do yin. No. Whereas, yin does you. <laughs> whereas you're like, you know, in an younger class, yeah. there's... Okay, put knee, knee here. Yeah. Over the ankle. Absolutely. Externally rotate the yeah the femurs. Yeah, the yeah, femurs. yeah, yeah. Um, so and I love the fact that Yin has English names. Yes. Because when people come from a practice and they're yogis, mm. they if, it, if if they were called Sanskrit names, mm. I believe that they would then attach the yang yeah. instructions yeah. for postures and that alignment. are very similar and alignment yeah. so like in dragon then they would start doing all the lizard things oh totally you know and yeah. so on and so forth yeah so. correct yeah and that's why it's so important it's why it actually makes it so much simpler because you say it's a different intention we're not using you know we're not engaging the muscles we're working on different tissues um, mm-hmm. where the purpose of yin is to stress the joint to the full range of motion whereas in a yang practice mm-hmm. That's not the purpose. So coming back to what is the purpose of the practice and therefore in order to make things really clear, we give the poses different names Mm -hmm. because we practice them differently. Yeah. I'm glad that you brought up what is the intention of the practice Mm. in the body. Yeah. Um, Because you said something, Mm. you said several things just in that short sentence and the listeners might be like, oh, what's coming next? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, So it's not a practice for the muscles. Mm. You relax your muscles. Yeah. And then also the practice is for the joints. Yeah. Um, and you're positively stressing the joints. Yeah. So even with those three things, relaxing muscles. Yes. Targeting the joints. Yeah. Um, positively stressing the joints. That can be a minefield for yes. a lot of, um, well, for a lot of, not only just people in the yoga world, yeah. but people in the fitness world. Yeah. And everything else with... Safety things. Safety. And yeah. I've had people say to me, oh, you shouldn't be hanging out in your joints. Like, no, we're not yeah, hanging like out in yin joints. practice is really, it's really, really dangerous. And you should, what do you yeah. mean you're trying to stress your joints? So do you want to provide some clarity and around that? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the use of the word stress is, again, uh, it's a linguistic thing. It's, 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 we say stress instead of stretch. It's to clarify everything that, um, from the, from the yin, yin, the yang practice. Um, the, every living tissue in the body needs to be stressed included the bones included including the joints and what we do in a practice in in the yin practice is we apply stress through acupressure through tension or through compression so whether you are pulling and creating stress through the quadriceps or whether you are pushing and pressing through compression be it into the lumbar spine in a, in a supported backbend and supported bridge for example what you are doing is applying acupressure now this is to target the fascia and the fascia network in the body to target the joints to target the bones and to target the energetic pathways the meridians mm-hmm. so this 
is where the link between the acupressure applies through the tension and compression, which is the sensation. It's why it's all about the sensation. Are you feeling it? Then you're doing it. And not only are you doing it, but then you're stimulating chi flow in the meridians. Mm. So it's it's twofold. And actually, you know, there are other layers you can go into again, even beyond that. But even sticking with those two, why do you want to feel a stress into the quadricep muscle? Because you want to get 30% of, of muscles fascia. So when I say it doesn't involve the muscles, what I mean is the muscles are not acting. They're not activated. But by applying the stress for at least a minimum of three minutes, you're getting to target the fascia within the muscles. It's a good 30%. You know, it's why we use myofascia. It's why myofascia, which is the correct term, myo being muscle, fascia. And that's, you know, all these myofascia release techniques, it's very, very trendy at the moment to be working with myofascia release. Like it's popping up everywhere. So then there's all this, the total buzzword. So, and we've got myofascia release and yin. Now they're they're kind of, they're working, you know, hand in hand. The myofascia release being a much more yang way, but targeting into the same tissues. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, the thing about stressing the joints, people get really up in arms about this because they, come at it from the idea that you there's only one way to stress your joints and it's like repetitively and repeat it rhythmically but when you stress joints it's in a yin way it's in a very passive way it's you apply the load you apply the load you feel the load is there you soften and this is the practicing in a yin way okay so so i think that's very very important that people understand that um i'm not or no yin teacher is saying that you should stress your joints the same way that you would stress your muscles in a yang class in any sort of repetitive rhythm mm-hmm. um, it is all about finding a point and applying a a consistent load for a period of time in order to get into living parts of the body that need to be stressed. And I mean, you need to look at the rates of, um, of osteoporosis to, to, to see what's happening to our bone health due to, I would say, a lack of compression. The amount of, the amount of back pain, the amount of people I've encountered with, 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 with pain in their lower back from, I would say, now I don't know for sure, but I'm hypothesizing based on what I've seen um, through my teaching, through avoiding back bends, through, through, through actually kind of being like, oh, I can't, dump into my lower back and they'll use words like this and um, i don't want to sink into my lower back i'm sorry but if you're extending the spine you are compressed that's compression. what you're doing yes there is actually that compression. is what you're actually doing anytime you do a back bend you're kidding yourself if you think you're not compressing into <laughs> your bones so, so you're already doing this so you're getting a little bit more awareness of how to do it in a yin way and mm-hmm. it's amazing the amount of people who've, who've through just doing maybe support a bridge or just a saddle, just incorporating some yin backbend into their practice, their spine, their spines are so thankful for it. Yeah. Because the bones need it in a yin way. I'll repeat, I'll keep repeating in a yin, in way, a yin way in case people are like, what? So that's that's the thing. And I know it's it's that's a tricky thing for people to to get their heads around, but I'll always say, just try it. There's no point in arguing with something before you've felt it in your own body because this is this is where all these theoretical you know arguments kind of come up and the kind of like oh you're not supposed to do that you're not supposed to do this it's not what you do it's how you do what you do yeah. so once there is my once there's awareness as to how you're practicing yin mm-hmm. 
we're in a different territory. Because whenever you're, whenever that load is applied, yeah, and then there is a compression, yeah, and all of the other things, yeah, and you're there for a specific period of time, yeah, three minutes for the kind of phase change to kind of happen. Mm-hmm. So they say that's why it's a three minute minimum, and then from your own reaction to sensation or your own observation yeah. of the level of sensation, mm-hmm. you're then deciding naturally and intelligently yeah. to come out yes. based on how you feel. Yeah, absolutely. And if that is applied once a week and then maybe twice a week mm. and then maybe three times a week. Yeah. I mean, the number of times people will ask how often should you practice? Like, I mean... I don't think anyone ever practices more yin than yang. I mean, some people do. Like, I mean, certainly if I'm on training and I'm in, I'm in that mode, I'll do two hours of yin every day for for a month. Mm -hmm. But, but generally, most people use yin as an addition to their yoga practice. It's, it's not, it's not meant to replace anything. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, yin, yin is. You know, some people say it's not a complete practice. I mean, I think at sometimes, at some points in your life. Yin can be a complete practice in that it just gives you all that you need at that time. But for the majority of people, yin is not a complete practice, nor is it meant to be. So it's designed to be added. You don't take anything away from your yang. You, you still do your hatha, you still do your ayangar, your anasara, your bikra. You, you do whatever you do. Mm-hmm. And you add yin. You add it in. Yeah, you add it in. Yeah. You add it. You don't take anything away. You just add the in because you understand that you need a practice to target the tissues in the body that are just maybe not getting it so much in yang. And also, it's a different kind of practice where you get to practice being still. You get to practice learning what your edge is. You get to notice what comes up for you. You get to practice acceptance of what comes up and you get to just understand how actually it can be a hugely therapeutic place to practice it's it's a it's the true yoga therapy mm. you know it's the uh, because it's also individually tailored you know everything in yin is 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 individual everything right down to your skeletal variation and your and your alignment and everything is just going to be just yours so um it can be a powerful place to just kind of take on your own just kind of yeah your 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 therapy it, it almost nearly becomes that mm-hmm. yeah it really is such a, a, a practice of retreat for me yeah i like that word retreat when yeah you just go into you just you, you're able to drop into yourself yeah um, yourself, yeah. But again, it's, it's, I mean, we practice a lot of yin and yeah. are, we, you know, we're yin teachers. Yes, exactly. So when you're teaching students, it can be difficult, obviously, for people to do that. But for me personally, I just yeah. love just to, to go in and to be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not have yeah. any, you know, extraneous. Yeah. Fluff like we're drains on your yeah, yeah drains and things that we're having to do and places that we're having to go and listen to all these things and yeah. you know do A B C D and E so you can get to this big place. It's like I can just go and just be yeah you know and just yeah. and just dive in yeah and um, and that space and that stillness and that silence that sometimes you get you know that's we don't get it we don't get it we don't get enough of it you know yeah. five to ten minutes in shavasana at the end of a uh, of a class if you're if a student is practicing twice a week yeah it's not enough no it's not enough and when you think about it that's probably the only stillness um they get you know yeah. um so unless they have another practice outside outside of yoga but yeah. um I think the the opportunity that yin affords us to actually spend some time 
alone, spend mm-hmm. some time quiet in, in quietness, um, and to just see how how you cope with that, you mm-hmm. know, because um, it's it's something that is massively underrated. Um, the ability to just kind of sit with yourself in silence for a while that it's kind of you know uh, certainly um as you know as 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 young people certainly as teenagers because i i know i brought this up with my students in school before i could say it's a strange thing to do so why would you do that miss you know why would you be choosing to kind of isolate yourself and it's not it's not isolate but even just to kind of be quiet and and go to a place where you kind of where you might get to know yourself a little bit better. That that self-knowledge, actually, a self-knowledge and self-awareness, that they just go, they go hand in hand with this practice. Yeah. You know that um, th- there is something about yin that is incredibly um, effective. And it's not, I hate to use the word shortcut, but I do think yin allows you to learn things about yourself quicker mm-hmm. you know it's yeah. it's it, i i think you you can have revelations in practice you get insights into who you are and and how you are um living mm-hmm. and how you are being you get such insights into the in, into uh, into that and moments of just ah oh, that's a, that's maybe why i'm doing that or you know they, they can just be simple life hacks that you just kind of then take take to your life and your relationships outside and um ultimately does it make your life better if it does keep doing it and if it doesn't find something else because yeah that's you know it's because there isn't the distraction of movement yeah you can't run away from yourself no you're very much faced with who and what you are yeah and if you have been refining your awareness for many years through a practice and you can really see yourself for who you are and there's things about yourself that you don't like that can be difficult to deal with but if you are uh, equipped to then deal with that and you might not be able to deal with that through your yoga practice it might be you might have to go for counseling you might have to go for psychotherapy you might need to go for whatever Um, but you need to be ready and willing well mm, you need to be willing to know that things are going to come up correct and you don't have to force yourself then to go in and, no. and and hashtag you know quote unquote fi- fix yourself correct yeah um yeah there's in those shadows then there, mm. you, you talk quite a bit about the shadow yeah. self um and and the darkness because mm. there's things about yourself that you can come across that you don't particularly like, like. yeah yeah but that doesn't mean that you're a bad person. Mm. Do you want to? Yeah, go on a bit. Go into that a little bit. Um, I think I. I have always felt that one of the things about the um, uh, the yoga world a little bit that, that just always not disappointed me is a strong word. It's not. It's not the correct word. But I've always felt that there was a sense that. Um, um, it was a bit positivity obsessed, yeah. you know, a little bit of this kind of um, um, focus on the good, focus on the positive. And while while it's it's important to understand that we can choose to do that and, you know, um, it, it, it is hugely um, it's it's hugely shadow suppressing and um, it can lead to massive spiritual bypassing and you know there's there's a there's a lot of it there's a lot of it in the yoga and well-being 
there's quote signs there, <laughs> well-being world. Yeah. Because um, where sometimes actually being well is so far down the list of concerns of the well-being world. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems so far removed to use that word well-being. Um, it's more like wellness, you know. Wellness. Um, wellness. Bank balance. Bank balance, yeah. From sales. Of yes, absolutely. Every green smoothie, every supplement, Correct. every, every uh, gadget and yeah. thing that's going on out there. Absolutely. Uh, every influencer. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that's hugely, yeah, hugely driven by social media, hugely um, skewing what it's what it's really about at the at, at, at its truth, at its core. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think, I think for me, um, it, it's essential to understand that if you if you want to shine bright, if you want to be, you know, if you want to really step into your power, well, then you had better be ready to understand that as tall as you want to grow up towards the heavens. You know those roots those roots go down deep mm-hmm. and they may go down deep to places that even you know that, that you have not even gone yeah you know and um it's not to be all kind of gloomy about things but it's just to to, to try to change the way that we talk about this because um we can do a great deal as yoga teachers to help our students understand their own mental health better Mm -hmm. and we can do a great deal to actually normalize um um the darkness Mm -hmm. but we have to choose to and you know and this is our responsibility actually i really feel like it's kind of it's it's a little bit of our of our duty because if we're there facilitating the space for people to to go deep and to maybe to, to, you know, to, to get in tune with the shadow side and to, to just kind of see things and, and embrace things about themselves that they don't really like, but that, but that they're there and that you just kind of say, oh, there's that bit of anger. Hmm, there, mm-hmm. you know, there it is again. You're, you're welcome to just sit here for a while and be here, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, oh, jealousy, my old friend. Oh, you can be here as well. And it's not that you have to go and give a big hug and be like, I'm so glad to see you. It's not that you have to love it. You just have to allow. And this is why the word allowing is such a, such a practice in yin. Allow it to be there. Allow all of the things you consider negative to be part of your experience, to be part of your being. Mm-hmm. That's integration. That's and that's the goal, you know, some would say the goal of yoga, not to become um, perfect, but to become whole, to become yeah. integrated, to, to integrate the two sides. Because just the ability to um, see those qualities that you would prefer not to see allows the two sides to integrate. So it's a simple enough process. Again, like everything in the end is simple. Not easy, but simple. 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 Um, and that is that's powerful work that can be done in this practice. You know, I mean, uh, I, recently I had a, um, a a training in Dublin, and I had a, a few psychotherapists. I've always kind of attracted the odd one here and there, but just very recently I seem to I find more are drawn to uh, the teach training in particular, and it's so it's 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 amazing for me with a, with a huge interest that I have personally in 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 psychotherapy and in, in the whole world and in Carl Jung and, and all of his, his writings on this. Um, so, but I love that they are coming to Yin because they're realizing themselves in their own practice. I can use this in my therapy work with my, with my clients. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the ones saying it. 
they're like, I, I can really see how this is such an embodied practice mm-hmm. um, that will really help my students to deal with what they're dealing with um, and the you know trauma in the body and, and to actually feel into it, to be freed of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. This keeps coming up in so many uh, conversations I'm having with guests yeah. is leaning into the uncomfortable. Yeah. Leaning into the darkness. Yeah. The shadow. Yeah. And like you're saying, allow. Allow. Allow an acknowledgement that it's there. Mm. Don't suppress it. Mm. Don't label it as negative mm. and try to push it down and push mm. it away. Mm. Because it's in that alliance yeah. that and when you start to work very, very deeply, that things start to expand. Yeah. And you start to become more whole. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. You also become more accepting of of who you are. You do. You absolutely do. And you step into a place of, you know, where you can be more wholehearted, to borrow that term from Brene Brown, actually, you know, another person who's really, you know, referred to a lot at the moment, Mm -hmm. um, where you can be truly, where you can be trustworthy, where people just get the feeling that she's, he or he, they're teaching from their experience, Mm -hmm. that they've done this work. They've, they've sat with their own shadow, hmm. you know? And so I really trust them to hold this space for me. Mm-hmm. You know, that you're not just listening to somebody who's spouting off what they think they should say because they read it in the book or because they heard their teacher say it and so it becomes this thing that they repeat. But you can tell when it's not lived, yeah. you know? And so that's, that's the goal. The goal is to live all these questions. You know, to to live with the uncertainty, to, to dive into the places that scare you, to to be to show the courage. You know, which courage comes from Latin. Co- I don't actually know how you pronounce it in Latin, but in French it's coeur, it's heart. So courage and heart, full heart, they're the same. You know, and I think that's a really really beautiful um, to kind of have that realization that that's it's showing up with your full heart mm-hmm. and living with, in this heart centered way. You know. Um, and that's really what Yin is asking. Uh, Yin is, 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 is for the courageous. But we can all be courageous. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not to kind of label it. I, I really think it's a practice that is so inclusive that, um, that no matter what your limitations are physically, no matter um, how, uh, how, um, weak you feel no matter how lacking in confidence no matter how um, how much work you, you, you've had to do just to kind of show up on the mat there, there, yin is that place of of um, this this practice is open to you if you just start if you just start you just you start know. you just you know. allow yeah you know you just allow yeah. yourself you just allow yourself absolutely get out get out of your own way <laughs> oh my god yeah right get out of your own way get out of your own way it is in our way yeah i know by ourselves yeah you know? the limitations of the mind um, yeah i really love that we've we've discussed that and we've talked about that and we've moved away from well we've journeyed through yeah. talking of gross anatomy yeah and posture absolutely and we have dived deep into yeah because when you've been practicing yin for a very long time i've been practicing yin for maybe 13 years yeah huge you, length of time a huge, and mm. you go back to it and back to it and back to it for a reason yeah. and it's, it's not always the easiest thing mentally no it's not always no. you know and you can you can have quite a lot of angst and yes. things can show up and you kind of have to sit with things even sometimes you know even after yes. the, the practice yes. Um, yes yeah and 
just allow yourself to work through those yeah. things. Yeah. Um, and when you're, when you're working with meridian lines and chi and mm. energy and mm. blockages, you're going to come up with against your own blocks yeah. and you're going to have to be able to yeah. allow yourself to work through them. And you're going to work through them. Yeah. This is the, this is the, the, the silver lining to kind of like to put up to, to, to put on it is that, you know, when you, when you show up, when you feel into the sensation, when the energy starts to flow, the, the blockages become unblocked. Mm-hmm just through the chi flow it's you set it up by creating the load the 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 acupressure and then the practice happens through you which i think is a nice way to put it that you just you just Mm. you step back and allow Ah. and it kind of works through you it works through you it works through you so you are just a channel you you're 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 the vehicle Mm. you're the vehicle but it's 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 just working through you once you set things up the right way and Mm -hmm. all and all you got to do to set things up the right way is create the goddamn sensation, which is why I feel like a broken record sometimes about it. Because if you feel, if you're feeling it, you're doing it, and then everything subsequently moves on from that, you know. But you know, just to go back to what you were saying about the um, the unpleasantness sometimes of the practice, um, and it's it's to say to anybody who's teaching yin, like you know, new teachers, new yin teachers, for them not to be discouraged by this, because I certainly went through this when I first started. Like, it's not the most popular practice. It is not the sexy Instagram practice. Like, I mean, there's just it's just not. I say that it's unglamorous. It's very uh, yeah, unglamorous. Like, this is not a glamorous practice. It is not unglamorous. It is sometimes just it's messy. And it's real, and it and it's people. It it's just it's it's allowing people to show up exactly as they are, and um, exactly how shitty you're feeling that day, and 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 and, and just accept, accept that. And um, but for the vast majority of people who might be trying in for the first time, who are not used to stillness, who have never heard of shadow, who uh, do not particularly want to be uncomfortable, who are maybe positivity chasers Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they're not going to hang around and practice yin they're not going to come back Mm -hmm. they're potentially going to go away slam the door maybe give you a dirty look and so as a a yin teacher you have to develop a bit of a thick skin and you have to really look at yourself and look at your role and actually you know this comes back i was actually writing about this week are you there to teach or are you there to be liked Mm -hmm. because you cannot do both yeah universally i shouldn't say you 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 can be liked by some and no matter what you do you there are some people who will like you there'll be some who don't like you Mm -hmm. and there will be some who'll be indifferent yeah but like as a yin teacher i feel like you really open yourself up to this more so Mm -hmm. you know so yeah because you're allowing you're creating the conditions yeah to allow them to go to that place and it's like oh yeah I don't like this. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. And I don't like this. And it's your fault and it's your because fault. you're making me do it. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and uh, and you're kind of making me uncomfortable and you'll get that a lot. Like, you know, I'm it's 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 uncomfortable. Um so so come out of it. Find find a better yeah. place, but but don't you'll get it there's an awful lot of projection. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Um but is it painful? Yeah. No. No. Okay. Yeah. I'll Absolutely. leave you with that. I'll leave you with that. But then people are like 
Don't leave me here. Yeah. Don't leave me here. Yeah. Um, but it's like, well, you have a choice. You do, always. You have a yeah. choice whether you want to come out or not. Correct. And yin might just be the thing that teaches you that, but people won't mm. learn that without a fight. You see, uh, there'll be a huge amount of resistance to learning that because that's when you that's when you have to step into accountability. Another huge thing that yin teaches. Mm-hmm. Do what you want, but you have to be accountable to yourself mm-hmm. for the choice you make. Yeah. So absolutely choose to go deeper absolutely choose to do less but why you know are you fully aware of your reasons for making this choice so you know are you protecting yourself yes or which then in turn you're not really going to grow yeah you know are you being really hard on yourself Mm. and not cutting yourself any slack slack yeah um and that's how you live life yes and can we find that can we find that medium? Yes. Can we, res- can we respect the light and the dark and yeah. know that within the light and the dark, there is also dark and light? Absolutely. You know, and it's not just one or the other. It's not just yin or yang, yeah. good or bad, positive or negative. Mm-hmm. It's everything and it's Absolutely. messy. It's everything and it's messy and it's all in the one. Oh, yeah. I love it. Absolutely. And I love that you love, I love it. it you know, <laughs> it shines out of you that you love to uh, hold space to teach this practice. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't see myself as having a huge amount to teach. I see myself as simply setting things up for the students to teach themselves. Yeah. You know, um, but I suppose that's a skill, you know, but, but definitely there is, um, there is so much to learn with this practice and so much um, benefit to be gained from it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yin for everybody. everybody. (laughs) Question, so what yang do you do? (laughs) Oh gosh, Um, mainly Bikram. Um, I have to say, controversial. I think I posted something on my Instagram once about, about, because I just watched the documentary and it was like... I know, I know, (laughs) I know, yes. So, oh, if I were to tell you that many, many, many years ago, before there was this um before Bikram's name was ever associated to the Netflix and and mm-hmm. and, and the horrific crimes yeah. um I long ago separated the practice from the man mm-hmm. and I question anybody who says that cannot be done mm-hmm. and people will question and say that it is not possible um, to separate the practice from the person um, who created it. And I never thought of him as creating it. First of all, these postures are thousands of years old. They weren't invented by Bikram. And mm-hmm. um, the, the, uh, the, the order, fair enough, has something to do with him. But um, I, I just never, I never saw him as the originator. And even when I went to the training, um, the, the practice for me, and still is a hugely powerful practice, a tremendously healing practice, especially for the spine. Um, a practice that is in the same way that yin is hugely inclusive and um, that you can go in with an injury and actually do a great deal of the practice because you're not on your arms. There's no there's no arm balances yeah. in that in, in, in that sense. Um, it is what I go back to. It is my main yang. And I mean, I have I have done a, a vinyasa training and I have practiced Ashtanga, Iyengar, Hatha. I still go back to all the time. Um, I am 
definitely much more drawn to my hatha and my yin. I like to move slower. Mm-hmm. I like to hold the posture in stillness. Flowing, I love when it's when it's slow. Mm-hmm. When it's slow. Um, because that's when I can be most present. It's when I can it's when I feel like I can be most present with my with myself mm-hmm. in my practice. Um but yeah, it, it it it's a it's a tough it's a tough period for the Bikram community. It's a it's a very yeah. challenging time, you know, mm-hmm. for um there's the whole you know, there's there's the studio name changing, there's mm-hmm. there's everything, there's rebranding, there's a lot of things going on. There's people trying to figure out what what am I teaching? Mm-hmm. And um and is there a way to move forward with this practice? Because you do not just throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like I mean, the the practice has so much of value, mm-hmm. and um, I simply think that now it's the Bikram teachers who have to lead this community that are responsible forward, for, that are responsible yeah. for how it is shared, and um, yeah. It's a tricky. Yeah, it is a tricky one, and I think there, one of the reasons why I stopped practicing Bikram um, was the dialogue. Mm. Um, was yeah. the script because there was whenever I started practice, I practiced Bikram alongside other styles of yoga, yeah. Iyengar, Shivananda, yeah, um, and then I was doing Yin at home. Yes, and I suppose I didn't properly listen to the dialogue. You know, I listened to to do certain things, yeah. but then I would I was showing up in class and going no that's not right mm. no I don't believe in that yeah. that's and that started happening more and more and more, more, more. yeah so may, maybe more. if um, the dialogue is removed or yeah. it's modified in Correct. some way or maybe it's not going to be like a global dialogue maybe there's going to be people that are um, going to adapt the practice yeah and, yeah. and move it forward I mean there already are I mean there, there are you know the yeah. vast majority of um, uh, Bikram teachers you, you have those who are very 100% dialogue mm-hmm. um, all the time and then you'll have the vast majority who are, who are not now some um, have simply forgotten it and so what they have is some kind of a hybrid between you know the, the original dialogue and their own stuff they've put in yeah. that's generally not successful I would honestly nearly prefer to have full dialogue than kind of you know what the remnants of somebody's memory and you know because the conditions of, the conditions in the room require yes you to be succinct enough to Correct. get people through the class That's otherwise it. they will drop and it is constant instruction mm-hmm. you know um but i certainly um teach bikram very differently oh um, so you've trained and oh i'm a bikram teacher oh you're a bikram teacher yeah okay. yeah yeah um so i, mean, I did the training in 2013 and mm-hmm. um uh, so I taught Bikram kind of full time for three years when I was traveling doing on my um, right. yeah and okay. my kind of full time yoga teacher um, um, incarnation. Mm-hmm. So I teach it. I teach it very differently, and it is possible. And see, certainly with all the anatomy studies that I've done, and my I'm so functional now that I I, I have a much I have a very clear understanding of why people can't do certain things. Yeah. And I understand um, when compression is in the way. And I, uh, that is something that you take into your Bikram teaching then and you understand, well, I'm not going to hammer this point home because I understand why this person can't get into the shape that I'm dictating. So you say things differently. But you see, that, that requires a lot of knowledge that a lot of Bikram teachers do not have Mm -hmm. because Bikram teachers who have only trained in Bikram and who haven't done 
other styles of yoga who haven't done other trainings and very often and not always not always but very often don't have the skills or the awareness or the or the 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 fine-tuning anatomy to actually understand how to help people achieve the pose a little bit differently they don't understand to make it very to break it down the purpose of the pose i come back to this again and again what is the purpose of the pose whether you're teaching yang or yin it doesn't matter what you're teaching you must understand the purpose of the pose if you don't why the hell are you teaching it in the first place because you, do you know what i mean it's what are you doing what are you even doing why are you sequencing it in your class yeah, i don't because know it looks that's pretty not. you know yeah. like after chicken ass and that's good to go into like i uh, just this mad logic mm-hmm. to things and um, because it flows nicely afterwards bullshit like you've got to have and understand you've got to have that basic understanding yeah. of what's the physical purpose of the pose and then move on from mm. that but yeah it has to be the starting point you know yeah. but yeah that is well, that's my yang story now that's your yang story. And controversial. It's, it's controversial it's also Look. refreshing to hear and yeah. it's refreshing to hear that that point of what is the purpose yeah um, to look at things to 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 call them out, to question them, going, what, why are you doing this? What is going on? Yeah. You know, what is your purpose yeah. for this? Whether it's micro, whether it's macro. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely, yeah. I mean, take it on a bigger scale as well. What is your purpose, you know, on a much bigger, you know, in, in life? But, yeah. like, just start with the with the, with the with macro. The absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Listen, thank you so much for being on. Thanks, Lillian. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Where can um, our listeners find you online and in um, so online, um, I guess Instagram is Dubyin Yoga. Dubyin um, Yoga, okay. Yeah, and I mean Facebook is just Grace Grace Tempany. I think there's a Dubyin Yoga page as well. Yeah. And um, the website's gracetempany.com. Yeah, okay, and yeah. I think all the all the stuff is there. And um, yeah, I'm up in Belfast. You know, a good bit. I have another training at the end of May. Yeah. And um, otherwise, I'm in Dublin and various places, you know, yeah. wherever wherever I'm called to and uh, yeah enjoying the journey enjoying the journey well we are overjoyed to have you in Belfast uh, I'm thrilled to be here many studios yeah it's wonderful (laughs) that you're yeah that you're there yeah uh, to see people following you and following these teachings and be really being inspired by them because like we said they're not they're not glamorous and sexy. No, no, and no, no. They're really not. Um, I know they're not, and that's why I'm doing it. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. That's why we're doing it. Yeah. Brilliant. Along may we, along may we continue. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Grace. Thanks Cheers. very much. Thanks, Lillian. All the best. Bye. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. So thank you so much for joining uh, myself and Grace this week on the podcast. Uh, It was brilliant to have her on. I think that she is such a gem uh, of a teacher and a practitioner. And um, I know that she has trained quite a lot of students uh, up here in Northern Ireland. So it was wonderful to have her on and yeah, just meet the person behind uh, the practice. Um, Again, yeah, you can reach out uh, through social media. Uh, The Facebook page and Instagram account is uh, Spaces Between Us podcast. You can listen to the podcast um, on Spotify, uh, on my website, which is learnyin.yoga forward slash podcast, and also on anchor.fm. 
You can download the Anchor app as well. And uh, you can feel free to email me, send me through any questions that you've got. And uh, I hope you stay safe and well. And I will see you hopefully in the next uh, coming months when uh, life goes back to a wee bit of normality. So take care, folks, and I will see you soon.